0: To an views with your hosts Abna and Essie. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> hi everyone. I don't know why you're in high spirits today.
1: Um, uh, do I sound like I'm in high spirits? Uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just happy about life and just everything. So I'm grateful for so much. So
0: that's why I'm happy. That's why I'm in high spirits. Yeah. You know the funny thing about about being grateful for things. Mm-mm. It it just immediately relaxes you and brings like a lot of positive vibes onto you. A la motivational speaker. Go, on. Yeah, Go yeah. on. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Oh, okay. So today we are going to talk about an 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 important um an important topic, which is like a global concern. Of course it's not global warming, but it's also a global concern. And we have a very special guest on our podcast today. Oops. So we'll give him seconds to introduce himself and then we'll segue into our topic for today.
1: Awesome. Second. So
0: guest, Second. go
1: on.
2: My name is Obedient Ankara and I'm happy to be on, uh, on altered Views. I've been looking forward to this for a while, but finally, um, I'm glad to be here.
0: Okay. Welcome. Yes.
2: You're very
0: Okay. So Abna today we are talking about feminism and gender rules. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I'll hand it over to you to take us away. Okay, sure.
1: Um I'm going to read the definition of feminism on Google. And then I would share what I identify with and my reasons for why. So um, Google's dictionary is saying feminism is the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes. So that's as simple as it is. I identify as a radical feminist. And um, I use the word radical because... Um when you think about feminism, I'm sure we, we' we'll go into it um in the course of today's episode. But when you think about feminism, there's a lot that has to do with like the structures and the institutions that continuously like oppress women and I'm kind of like my goal in the direction of which I want to go with like my feminism is to break down those structures and institutions and those barriers that stop men and women from being equal or having equal opportunities. And I think that's like that's how like radical feminists think. So that's why I identify as a radical feminist. What about you, Izzy?
0: Okay. So I don't know what kind of feminist I am, but I know that the the feminism movement, right Mm -hmm. it's more about equal rights for women Mm -hmm. and and like a movement to to completely do away with gender straitjacketing, gender roles gender inequality Mm and equity Mm -hmm. and making sure that women women are given a fair chance as much as men Mm -hmm. so i know that it's a good cause. And depending on what angle an argument is coming from, I'll be able to be an ally onto it. And so I don't know it's it's difficult for me to identify to put a tag or that's interesting.
1: A, you don't want to you don't want to use the label, but you feel like depending on like depending on the context you can be an ally.
0: Yes. Because I'm saying this because there there's you know there are so many angles that people come from. Yeah. And people just sometimes use the tag as, as being feminist to spew um, um, contests and contents that are not in line with what feminism is supposed to be about. Ooh. So I feel like sometimes people take a detour, but they just overdo the whole movement of feminism and gender equality. And so I, I know I'm a feminist, but I don't, aden- I don't identify as any kind of feminist, but yeah. depending on what an argument is coming from or what a particular course is based on, I'll be able to hop on. Interesting,
1: interesting perspective. And our guest.
2: Uh, <clears throat> I would say that I'm a, I'm a proud feminist but in these days, there are so many labels, it gets, it gets confusing. And so what I look out for is any movement that is fighting for equality for all. And uh, most important, protecting, making that a right, that women also have that right to be treated equally as, as men. be given the same opportunities and the same uh, open the same doors for them Mm
0: -hmm. so
2: i really don't have a definition but when i see that any movement or any feminist movement is advocating for equality for all i i support them
1: no now we know everyone's take on like where we stand with feminism. <laughs> so I think it's see I think it's safe to say we are all feminists. Like yes.
0: Yes.
2: We are
1: feminists Proud,
0: proudly. So
1: I'm going to before we like dive into our discussion we saw it would be appropriate to give an overview of like the feminist movement and how it has evolved and what it looks like now from its inception in the like earliest, early 20th century. First um, thing that sparked um, the feminist movements were women who were like eager and yearning for the rights to vote, and these these are usually referred to as the suffragettes movement. So if you are like super interested in this stuff, you can Google it or like just find any like feminist literature, and there should be like pretty deep detailed information on that. And so with the suffragette women uh, movement, these women were fighting for the right to vote, and they were able to be, they were able to get the right to, to vote. And this was specific to the white woman, especially if you put into context like the racial um environment of the US at the time. And then so this is referred to as like first wave feminism. And then we move into um second wave feminism, which which basically discusses or talks about like women's reproductive rights and um, equal work, women's ability to receive like property, sign taxes and receive education. And so so the thing was that with feminism as it evolved, different issues came up and they saw the need to also address it, which is nice because I feel like feminism covers like a whole range of ideas and so it's easy to like identify with it as an individual and then currently we are in the third wave of feminism which which is focused on something called intersectionality and intersectionality is basically putting taking into account other things other variables that can make up a woman's identity. So it's the idea that like myself and AC are not just women, but we are black women. And so being a black woman gives, makes my experience unique from being like a trans woman or being a white woman. So that's that's the idea of intersectionality. It looks at things from different angles and makes, makes it, it just kind of reaffirms that we are multifaceted people and we are not just one thing and so this is how the feminist movement is moving and so yeah i think this is a this is just an overview but if you're like interested we would have some links down there for you to read all about this stuff with that being said i think we should we should we should shift the discussion to sexism and what what we think of sexism, and
0: how we see that as a problem in our lives today. So I feel that sexism has to do with like the prejudices and the stereotypes, the straightjacketing that is attached to to the genders that is male and female. Mm-hmm. And so we 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 often see and we often we often have like different experiences based on our gender. And so I feel, for example, it can be sexist for someone to say that a particular profession can't be can't be undertaken by a woman or a man, right? Because we feel like a woman's place is to be this particular kind of thing, and a man's place is to be this particular kind of thing. And so the idea of one gender overlapping and taking on occupations and, and 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 professions makes us feel like there's something not normal like it's not right so I that is my understanding of sexism and what is sexist and what is not.
2: Yeah for me I think it's uh it's just uh discrimination. Yeah. Using uh a person's sex or gender
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so uh like as you saying there are like in the corporate environment there are rules that you hear people say oh a, a woman can can be uh, a ceo mm-hmm. because it's too much of a responsibility for her and, you know, sexism, it goes all the way around. I mean, women suffer it a lot. And uh, there's that prejudice, right? And, mm-hmm. and it still exists.
0: Yeah.
2: When I listen to the timeline, I realized why haven't we been able to solve this problem <laughs> since... It's been way too long. It's been way too there long.
1: There are too many men out there who are, who are in their privilege don't understand yes to be a woman
0: that's
2: that's it yeah so that's uh, that's that's it for
1: me yeah like it's honestly the same thing for me but guys we are going to get super nerdy here (laughs) just because this is this stuff is is really cool and there's a lot of like literature on it as well so um i'm going to discuss two concepts when it comes to sexism and like i would like like to hear you guys' thoughts on it so after after i discuss it obi you let me i want to know your thoughts and then ac i also want to know your thoughts on it all right so um i'm going to discuss the theory called um, ambivalent sexism right so ambivalent sexism pretty much consists of two other like sub sexist theories I don't know how to say it, but it consists of something called hostile sexism and something called benevolent sexism. So hostile sexism, I think, is something we see every day, all the time. Like, for example, hostile sexism will be if say a girl was abused, like physically abused, and um she expresses her frustration and is just told like, keep quiet, like, you are a girl, you were not supposed to do this and that and that, and so this is why you were abused. Versus benevolent sexism is, it's kind of the more cuddle-up um, approach to being sexist. And a good example is like, oh, like, a good example of benevolent sexism will be a gentleman opening a car door for a lady when um, he's not asked for her consent, and um, she's probably like fine and decides she's probably fine and doesn't have an issue with it, honestly. So that's like the different like faces of um, sexism. Sometimes it's like really it's like a more sweet, sweeter version of it, and sometimes it's like the straight up sexism that we all see. But people usually don't pay attention to benevolent sexism because. It, their approach is just in a way that like cuddles women and make women feel like, yeah, like queens. I mean, yeah, women are queens, but it makes them on, it, it gives, it gives, it sort of gives women like a godlike feature. Hmm. And it, it kind of, to me, to me, in my opinion, it can like dehumanize them and make them void of like everyday human experiences.
0: So that's so, yeah. So Abna, if I got you correctly, there's the ambivalent feminism for sexism, Mm -hmm. ambivalent sexism, and under that we have the benevolence and the hostile. Mm -hmm. And so the hostile is more like the harsher version of sexism, Mm -hmm. and then the benevolence is where you know you are being sexist, but you are doing it in a very it's 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 sort of like you're putting women on a higher pedestal. On a higher pedestal. And and like you are being sexist, but you're doing it like in a very sweeter, subtle tone. Exactly. Like treating women like they are fragile and in a way dehumanizing them in the process. Yes. yes.
2: Exactly. Exactly. No, but that's that's not what we are saying. Like, I think that, like, if you look at a timeline that you you, it was very insightful. It's been so many years of men. And even women looking down on women.
0: Dominating, right? men dominating. Now, we are
2: not saying that put them on a high pedestal. Treat them as equals. Now, treating them as equals means giving them the respect they deserve. That's all they're asking for. So you can't do yes sir, yes sir yes, to a man and not do yes-ma-yes-ma to a woman. Absolutely. I don't know if you get my point.
1: Yeah, I understand you looks like that, yeah,
2: it was, them, but that's not the case it's just us trying to do some maybe call it reparations
1: hmm. Fair yeah. enough. but you know a lot of these things this is just a theory that exists and like obviously it can be like applicable in people's every day and i think with when it comes to benevolent sexism a lot of it is very subjective and how you choose to interpret it so as much as like i have shared this with everyone listening just be sure to understand that like we are all individually different and the way we would react to things are different and so what works for you might not work for the other person and but then there is a concept like benevolent sexism because I think it's a valid concept because people may feel like it may be still in certain ways oppressive, especially with the language, the tone in which you communicates across. Like it's so subtle, but it can also have a damaging effect on women.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's something that I think we all need to, like we need to come to an understanding that it can have a damaging effect on women. Yes. I
0: agree with that, but then it's, it's a bit confusing to me because I share the same view with obedience because sometimes, you know, it gets confusing because in certain instances, you would take an, you, you would take um an experience like having a man open, open a door for you. Like, do you feel, do you, how, how will you take it? Do you take it as a sweet gesture or you just immediately think that, oh, he's being sexist because he thinks that I'm too fragile to open a door?
1: Me, typically, I would take it as a sweet gesture. Uh-huh. Me, preferentially. But then, like, like, I'm trying to be as objective as possible. There may be somebody, there might be somebody out there who would find it quite offensive.
0: Hmm. And
1: it's just what it is because... Because of, like, that belief that she's had about Mm. what it means to be a woman and her experiences. And, like, things like this validates that that experience of her being a woman.
0: So, the fact that we see that as a sweet gesture mean that we are not feminist enough? I, no, I don't. (laughs) Because sometimes it comes down to that, though. You know, people feeling like if you are, for example, if you are a wife and you are too submissive to your husband, then you are not feminist enough. Or if you are a woman who enjoys being treated as a queen or a princess and being treated with so much respect by a man, then you are not feminist enough. And so people have these ideologies that fem, um, and feminists don't like men. People, yeah. people share those kind of views that yeah. feminists don't like men. Yeah. Feminists are, quote-unquote, hard women. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, like, how... I, I really want to understand the concept around that. Like, that, will that make us people who are not feminist enough?
1: I don't think so. When it comes to feminism, one thing I have discovered in, like, trying to, like, learn about it is that there's a lot of grey in it, it's not as black and white as people say. Yes, the fundamentals you have the basic fundamental on which we go off, but I I I think arguably I can make a point that every it's up to everyone's own interpretation and what works for them. But okay. it's it's more so on the basic fund like the basic understanding of what it means and what you choose to identify. Like, whether or not you choose to identify with that base understanding. And if you do, I think it's appropriate to identify as a feminist. And just just so we know, you know that with every political, social movement, economic movement, they are usually extremists. And yeah. so this is not void of extremists. You have extremists. And so those who are extremists will say things like that. Like, oh, feminists hate men. And me may like be like, may point out or may call out every single like kind thing as benevolent sexism when like in actual fact, it's just like human beings being human beings and human beings are nice, you know? So so it's it's very, there's a, there's a lot of gray area that I think a lot of us like
0: mm-hmm.
1: forget to realize that like we don't, it's not like cut, it's not set stone, it's not black and white. And yeah. So there's a lot of gray that you have to find out where you fit in that gray.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you see, this is very tricky and sometimes we might even forget the basics. Because these are all theories, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: These are these are ideologies. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like like I was saying, it's 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 tricky and you might forget the actual movements that we just want equality for all genders. Now when we get to uh how is it called inter intersectionality, right? Mm-hmm. It even gets tricky when other factors like race and other things come in.
1: Sexuality, race.
2: Race and those things come in.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But the basics is that women should be treated equally as men. What
1: what does that what does that mean for you?
2: For me, it means that, for instance, I mean, if a job is advertised,
0: if you're an employer, for if example, if an employer
2: for like, if I advertise a job as mm-hmm. an employer, yeah, I should I shouldn't consider the gender. I should just look at merit, if. Your marriage gets you the job. I give you the job, irrespective of what gender, irrespective of
0: if you are capable. If you
2: are if you are capable, you get a job. Yeah. I don't even want to know what gender. Mm. Okay. But there are there are companies that have gender specific rules mm-hmm. for women, and and that is what we are we are trying to stop. That's what the movement is all about. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. so for me it's a slippery slope for me when we start doing ambivalence and under that because it
1: gets very to be honest is the truth of the matter is it gets very tricky and there's just a lot of gray and it's difficult to like see where you put you sit in
0: remember that's why in the beginning i couldn't identify as any kind of feminist because there's too much right there's there's like too many concepts mm-hmm. and so i stand with the with 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 a concept that if there's a movement and there's a particular structure behind it and i can relate to that yeah i will definitely be an ally to that because i can't relate to 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 feeling to feeling offended if a man does a, a sweet gesture for me fair i can't i can't ascribe to something like that. But I can definitely hope on something that is like a concept to champion women gender equality, to to do away with straight jacketing. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, Obi, I like how you talked about you talked about you used the job example for how equality looks for you. But this is where I come in with my because I also want to I want to discuss why I said I was a radical feminist because this is a perfect perfect um scenario. So so for example, I know this is not this doesn't pose as much of a problem as it did like centuries ago where a lot of women were not educated, girls weren't taken to school, schools and things. So typically if you have a pool of applicants, you, you are not going to expect to see more, um, more females on the list. The chances of you getting a male to occupy like um, a blue-collar job versus a female, you have a higher chance of getting a male, right? Mm-hmm. And so this comes back to how like the system and the structures have been set up because initially, and that's why I'm saying this is not as much of a problem so that no one comes from me. But initially, you would not have many female children going to school. You have more male children going to school. And what happens is that they get to go to universities, they get to get the professional qualifications, and then they qualify for their jobs. And females are more so domesticated, for lack of a better word. And then they, they run around and do things that typically do not bring income right
0: and so um
1: and so then it comes back to okay so what can we do structurally what can we do systemically that can make it possible for female children or girl children to have these equal opportunities than men so this is where equity comes in in my opinion because sometimes it takes a lot more than oh let's just put everything down objectively and say okay I'm giving women as much opportunities as men when like deep down, deep-rootedly, women are not even like given as much opportunities from the base that they do not even meet the qualifications enough to even be on the table for discussion when it comes to things like that. Mm -hmm. And so my whole direction with this radical feminist mindset is that you have to look back are those systems or those institutions that do not favor women that continue to oppress and see, okay, are we able, can we like create policies that would break down or dismantle these systems that do not allow for women to have these opportunities so that we can be able to we can be able to reach that quote unquote equality we need, equal opportunity. Because if that's the case, then it's unfair it's clearly yeah. really unfair and then this is where it comes like yeah as she said like benevolent sexism to you you kind of think about it as like reparations but when it comes to equity you have to take account okay women haven't been given this much opportunity so as like an employer am I going to put that in my policies am I going to think about it more so that I make sure that even in my applicants pool or in that decision-making pool, I intentionally make sure there are women in it to be, to have that, to, to, to create that like fairness.
2: And I, I'm not sorry to interrupt, but that, that is benevolent sexism in some way.
1: If you've gotten this far, we hope you've enjoyed part one of the conversation. Um, obviously, let us know your thoughts and follow us on social media, at on altive views. And um, if you really did enjoy this conversation, um, be sure to check out for part two.